I'm Katie Bennett-Stenton, the host of the Katie Talks podcast, exploring the intersection between leadership, culture and mental health. My expertise is in strategic marketing, change management and stakeholder engagement with blue chip corporate and consulting. My passion is empowering organisations to think well beyond the status quo, to grow business with impact and build technology-enabled communities. I was recently recognised as a finalist in the RUOK Day Conversation Champion Awards. I'm delighted to introduce you today to Elle Sproul. Elle is a former senior marketer at ANZ and now supporting women on their journey back to health from cancer and career burnout. Elle, I'm delighted to talk to you today. Welcome. Thank you. Delighted to be here. I would love, as we make a start, if you could share a little bit more about your your professional background, please. Yeah, sure. Um, so I started as a quant researcher about 15 years ago. Um, then I moved into consumer insights and then into marketing. Um, I spent about seven years at McDonald's. Uh, which is a pretty awesome way to begin your career. Um, and at 30, I'd been promoted to a marketing manager at McDonald's, so I was leading half the team, um, and I was pretty burnt out, to be honest, uh, which is pretty crazy at that young age. Uh, so I went travelling for nine months because I had this niggling feeling that I was destined to help people, um, but I just didn't know how. Um but then after nine months, I came home and I hadn't quite worked out how. So I was looking for work and I found a role at ANZ, which felt like the right challenge at the time. Like it was a new industry um, and, you know, they didn't necessarily always employ people with a, with a burger flipping background. Um, <laughs> no. So I thought it'd be great. A great new challenge to go in and work there. Um and pretty soon into working there, I got promoted into a role where I got to work on um, developing the capability program for the 300 marketers. Like, you know how big the marketing team was at ANZ. Yeah, um, Yeah, so I got to work on that program, which was amazing. Um, and it was at that time, so I was flying back and forth to Melbourne each week because, you know, the, the major head office was there and most of the team was there. Um I was training for marathons and thinking I was absolutely killing it at life uh, when I was diagnosed with triple negative breast cancer. So I don't know if you know a lot about that, but it's um, it's an extremely rare and extremely aggressive type um, and quite difficult to treat. So uh, for the next three and a half years, I was I had treatment and I continued working um, at ANZ, who was extremely supportive. While I underwent 11 months of chemo, um, but even at the end of that chemo, I still had a very high chance of it, my cancer returning to my lungs, my brain, bones, or liver, which was pretty bloody scary. Um, so that's actually when I set out to discover how to stay alive. I think it, it probably seems like a pretty um, sensible thing to do. Um but I, I probably did that in the overachieving way I do, which is I began studying to be an integrated health and nutrition coach, um, mainly because I wanted to learn how to change my diet and lifestyle because I, I wanted to try and remain disease-free. Yeah. Um, but I also, it's probably just because you're asking my background, it's important to say that I did that while I was working on the launch of ANZ Plus, um, which was honestly 
it was very tough and a little bit silly, really. To, when I think back on it, because it was just a bit of uh, a bit of overachieving at its best. Um, but when <laughs> I did that, uh, I had a mind shift, which was that I realised I wasn't just meant to help myself back to health, but uh, to help other women too. So I realised that my corporate career, um, everything I'd learned at McDonald's and at ANZ had actually readied me to be a brilliant coach, not just because I understood how to return after cancer or I learned to work in ways that prevent burnout, but because I'd honed exceptional skills in solving problems, driving transformational change, um, and empowering my people to grow. So after about a year, um, sorry, after about a year ago, um, I had decided after probably finishing um, my my training uh, about six months before that, that um, it was time to to, to found Own Your Health. Um, so now when women are confused or even terrified after cancer, uh, I clarify which diet and lifestyle habits will transform their life so they get to live with renewed strength and total confidence in much the same way as I get to now. There's so much about what you've just described that is is certainly going back to that purpose that you'd felt when you when you first left McDonald's and were um, thinking about what your future held. Elle, as a senior as a as a fellow senior marketer, thinking really deeply about how to support women better. This is genius, and you know, leaving a full time gig with a large bank to create own your health is gutsy. It's really gutsy. Talk me through your think. Talk me through your thinking. Um, I mean, it does sound that way when you say it out loud, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> so I, I guess um, I've spent three years working on myself. So it's it's four years ago that I got cancer. So um, pretty much straight after the the treatment, I I really started working on myself. I worked clearly. I talked about it, but I learned about um, nourishing my body, managing stress, slowing down, and listening to my body. Um, and that was all while I was fighting for my life and continuing to perform in a senior role. Um, so even when I say that, it sounds like a lot, right? Like, and yeah, and that that did get to a point um, when I realised that I had to change my work environment. You know, I realised that a, a stressful week that becomes a stressful month was no longer doable for me. Um, that I didn't have the luxury of getting stressed and run down because stress can cause cancer and getting cancer again means game over for me. Well, hopefully, hopefully not. This is all hopefully, but, you know, that's that's what's running through your mind. Um, yeah. So for me, it just wasn't worth it. Like my health is all I have. Um, as for leaving corporate to start my own business, <laughs> well, <laughs> you're right. Uh, sometimes I truly forget how brave I can be. Um, I think there was something powerful. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I think there was something powerful about getting cancer and making it through to the other side. Like it sounds. Um, I don't. I don't want it to sound. Uh, I guess I don't know. Throw away by saying this, but I know that you know everybody knows this. But like I know that I'm not going to live forever. Um. I know that my intuition says this is right and I have to believe it will be okay. I know that I have to take chances to grow. Um, 
and probably honestly I know that if um but if things didn't work out I could always go back to what I was doing before and, and that wouldn't be a bad thing I actually loved sure. being a marketer so um but I guess I don't want that to happen because I, I just think there's so many women who need uh, support and help out there. Absolutely. Elle, tell me more about the work that you do with women as they're enduring chemotherapy and beyond. Mm, um, well, it probably starts with the fact that I had 11 months of chemo and there were some pretty horrific side effects. like. Uh, I lost my hair in seven days, then my eyebrows and eyelashes. Um, I didn't sleep for more than two hours a night for five months. Ooh. My hands felt like they'd been slammed in a car door is probably the best way to explain it. Um, I got joint pain, hot flushes, and you get immediately thrown into menopause as soon as you start taking chemotherapy. Um, my hands and feet were so red cracked and swollen that I had to ice bath them every 20 minutes at one stage. Um, so it was hard and it was really heartbreaking and trying to stay positive and work through that was really tough. Um, I just wished I'd had someone who could give me the shortcuts. Like there was so much info out there um, and I was super lucky. Like, you know, I said I started out as a quantitative researcher. Um, I had the skills to search, analyse and synthesise information but I knew that other women didn't have that and they didn't have the time or energy to do that either. Sure. Um, so for women who've just been diagnosed, I created Only Chemo Kits. Um, so they've got everything you need to know and all the products that you need to manage the side effects I talked about. Um, they've got a few self-care products in there because it's also really important that uh, – women or men um, that are going through cancer treatment actually have an opportunity to feel normal or to feel like themselves too. Um, and I actually created them as, as the perfect gift for friends, family, colleagues to buy because I, you know, it's, it's horrible to go through cancer, but it's also really tough to watch the people around you not knowing how to help. Um, so I really wanted to try and take some of the guesswork out for, for others that are watching you know, their loved one or their, their friends um, go through health. I mean, as a marketer, it it seems, I feel like this was perhaps a callous thing to say, but it just seems so deeply, deeply, deeply customer-centric and such a, such a clever thing to have created. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, it is. It's funny, uh it's funny as a marketer, you you obviously go through the process and, and especially, you know, I I truly, I truly, speaking as a marketer and, and not now as a as a business owner or a or a health coach, um, I truly feel so grateful to have started my career in in research and then in insights, which helped me to understand the customer. Um, to then become a marketer who who approached uh, everything with a consumer and the commercial, obviously we know that um, commercial yeah. lens. So sometimes, sometimes I wonder whether it's just because it was ingrained in me and that I've always cared about people and, and wanted to sort of fight for them on on their behalf. But um, but I also think yeah, when when you when you go through something, uh, you you just end up approaching it 
in the, you know, like we, we approach it as a marketer because that's the process we're taught to do. But um, when you've been sit through something per, uh, personally uh, and you can see the impact it's had or where there might be, you know, pain points or opportunities for improvement or opportunities to help and support, then uh, it's kind of just obviously the way you, you follow the process as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of the book, one of the items in the the chemo care kits that you've put together is a book called Life Is Tough, but so are you, and it includes. I enjoyed reading this. Some great tips on being a kick-ass support human when a friend is going through the rough stuff. You've you've written that you didn't you didn't want a house full of flowers that make you feel like you were witnessing your own funeral. What are those things that people friends can do to be the to be the much needed kick-ass friend <laughs> uh well the first and most obvious one katie is to buy an yeah. your chemo kits <laughs> um no but seriously on that yeah. I've, I've just um i've actually just had a bit of fun in you know like fully embracing what it is to to have cancer and to know how horrible it is, but to also know that you don't want to feel serious all the time. So yeah. I just launched um, a new range of them. So there's the, you've got this, which is literally everything that you'll need um, if you're about to go through chemotherapy. There's a starter kit, so that's got all of the essentials. Um, but then I started to have a bit of fun with the names and what's included. So there's uh, the bald baddie, um, if you lose your hair. Uh, there's a She Needs a Glow Up, which is the one you're referencing uh, that has Bryony Benjamin's book in it, and she's, you know, she's an incredible story herself. Um, and then there's a She Just Needs a Better Night's Sleep. So in all seriousness, I would say there is there is bound to be one for your friend. Um, but if I was giving if I was giving helpful advice uh, about what you can do and say to your friend. Um, I think one of the really most important things to hear when you're going through cancer is that you're still the same person to everybody that's around you. Um, so if you're the friend, say that they're the same person to you, that they might look different, they might not feel like they're completely there or that their brain's working, um, but they're still awesome and they're still talented and they're still capable. Um, another thing is is when you text, uh, it was really helpful when some of my friends and family said, look, I'm just checking in or I just want you to know I'm thinking about you. I don't need an update and I don't expect anything, any text message back. Yeah. Um, so just knowing that there's no need to reply or call was okay. so helpful. Mm -hmm. um, and I think really importantly, this is a big one, um, not falling away when the dust settles. So. When treatment finishes, um, I can, even though mine was three and a half years of treatment, so it's a long haul, yeah. um, I can still promise you that every single scan, appointment, aches and pain I randomly get during work meetings four years later still scares me. That cancer never really goes away. Um, so my advice is to just please don't be the friend that thinks it does. Um, and I think probably the last one is, like, be honest with them. Don't sugarcoat things. Tell them it's shit and it's unfair, but you're going to be there no matter what. And be there. So everyone sort of asks, which is so beautiful, and it's a little bit like the, um, you know, the well-intentioned the well, -intent the well -intentioned 
um but not to be mentioned point you just made before of uh you know I didn't want I didn't want a house full of flowers because it's like witnessing my own funeral um that's fully clearly well-intentioned um but it is really hard to have fun when you're going through it um the other one in relation to that is when people ask you how they can help so when you're going through chemo your brain is in fog um you're completely overwhelmed you're stressed you're confused you you genuinely are just trying to focus on what you can do to stay alive hour to hour day to day so uh i would just say offer if you're a friend just offer things like you can't really get it wrong if you get it wrong and they don't want that they'll just tell you but Asking them how you can help is like another thing they need to do. It's just another thing they need to do, right? So, um, you know, you might offer rides to appointments. You might offer delivered meals, an oncology massage. um, Infrared saunas are quite good when you're going through treatment as well. So, yeah, there's lots of of things you can offer um, and lots of ways you can help. But be specific about some suggestions about what you have in mind to offer. Yeah. Yeah, yep. I think so. Yeah, that, that was, I had a situation in my family last year where somebody very close to me um, had a really bad eating disorder and attempted suicide. And that was, that was similarly one of my observations was people saying, well, what can I do to help? And being utterly overwhelmed, I couldn't think of anything but when when people said can i can i send some meals or can i you know take can i take a small person and you know keep him busy for the afternoon or very very specific tangible things that that made a really big difference to me that was also one of my key observations from that period yeah yeah absolutely and i'm i'm so sorry to hear that uh thank you we're we're looking much better now. Elle, continuing that theme of helping and being kick-ass support, how can how can corporates provide kick-ass support to to people in their orbits who are experiencing cancer or horrific health problems? Mm. Um, well, I guess having watched ANZ try to do everything they could to support me, but not necessarily knowing how. Um, so I think, you know, this this is a wonderful example of. Uh, sorry, I'm just going to sidetrack for a second. Hey. <laughs> but this is a this is a wonderful example of one of those people who afterwards I said, you know, how did you even think of some of these things? And she's like, don't know, mate. It was riding by the seat of my pants. Um, <laughs> But she, so my boss at the time, uh, Laura, was an exceptional. I'm sure you actually had the wonderful opportunity of meeting her. But um, she, from the moment I told her, like that night, she said, I, I'm going to take you out to dinner. I don't want you to be, you know, because my family lived on the Central Coast, so I wasn't near them. Um, so she basically just stepped in as Mama Bear immediately. And then um she she would have me over to cook me meals she came to my chemo appointment she took me wig shopping so she was literally one of the most amazing people um and and in terms of practical ideas as well might might want to reach out to her and ask her if I, um, okay. <laughs> but uh but, but yeah I also I also had um 
you know, our, our CMO Shweda was also sort of saying, I, I would love to help her if I can. I can come to your chemo appointment. So they they and ANZ were wanting to do anything and everything they could, which I felt so exceptionally grateful for. Um, but the point is they didn't necessarily know how. Sure. And I, like back to your question, um, I know that my, my chemo kits and my health programs are a game changer for corporates. You know, whether it's an ongoing commitment to offer employees a health coach program while they're going through treatment, or as you said, like whether they're going through um, another traumatic event or a, a chronic disease, um, or whether it's colleagues coming together to buy a kit, I have no doubt that I can help. I've been in corporate and I know how hard it is to manage the meetings, the workloads, flexibility around appointments and treatment. Um, I know how to return to work in ways that reduce stress and I know the diet and lifestyle changes that support a healthy return to work. Um, so I think if you're a corporate that truly wants your people to get well again, which I'm sure we all do, um, sending them on a program with me will do that. Great answer. I think my observation is that often wellbeing support is developed, I'm talking in a corporate context here, from an academic perspective, which can at times be a bit of a tick box exercise rather than informed by a lived ex experience. As your career flourishes, what guidance do you have for organisations on that front? Mm. Uh, look, I think... I think it's invaluable to engage people who have lived experience. And back to what you said before on, um, you know, customer centricity. Like if yeah. People who have a lived experience know how it feels and how to navigate it. They don't just have knowledge, but they've got an ability to empathise and empower the person who's going through it. Yeah. Um, I think I'd love to see organisations invest in the overall health of their employees. Like, it's no surprise that organisations focus on leadership and technical capabilities because that's about the work that you do and doing it better. Yeah. Um, and it's great that they've moved into supporting mental health, um, which, you know, I think you and I have chatted in the past that we could all still do more in that, that space anyway. Yeah. But, yeah, giving employees the skills to improve their overall health, I think, is a game changer. Like we spend eight hours at work, we eat at least two meals there and we spend most of the day running on adrenaline, meeting to meeting, interacting with most of the same people in, in our network. So I think skills in nutrition, sleep, managing stress, self-care and relationships can help employees be more productive and capable at work and importantly, disease-free, which is obviously something that we, we all want and can see the benefits of. Um, yeah. I think if, you know, as I sort of said in the beginning, like if we don't have health, we have nothing. So I think programs that address the whole employee's health are the future. Um, and I would, you know, ideally love to see corporations committing to programs like mine and not just for their employees who are going through traumatic situations and chronic disease, but to prevent it as well, because that's the ultimate, right? Like that we mm -hmm. don't even have to get sick and have to try and stay well, we just get to be well. Definitely. Have you seen any organisations that are leading the charge or especially innovative on that front? Uh, no, I haven't come across any yet. Um, but if you have, I would love to hear, hear about them. 
Not not entirely. I, I know that a few organisations are starting to employ organisations, uh, a few corporates, that is, are starting to orga- uh, employ organisational psychologists mm-hmm. to support their people, which seems like a really positive step forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, it's a great step. And I I know, yeah, I know it's it's probably just that little step further to then you know, be able to tangibly connect back um, the food someone eats back to their level of product productivity. Um, but I certainly know that it can be done, right? Um, and I, I don't think I've come across anyone that's investing in, you know, nutrition or um, a formal sort of exercise or um, self-care kind of um, program, no. No, I haven't either. But I mean, there, there's a there's a hell of a lot of data now out around uh, the the impact of a good night's sleep and and on productivity mm-hmm. and energy levels. So it mm-hmm. it seems like a well, what I'd like to think would be a fairly obvious linear next step to uh, for for corporates to be focusing on. Yeah, correct. And there's there's so much data that says I, I think is that one in two people have. Um, uh, you know, have chronic stress or, or uh, signs of yeah. burnout in the yes. their corporate workplace. And you know, doing what I do, I know that there's there's a number of ways to reduce this, and and that food, like uh, food as well as um, our lifestyle, are, are all things that are connected and influence each other. So I think, um, yeah, the more the more we start to see that kind of data, the more we'll have to see some sort of change. Yeah, I agree. Elle, thank you so much for your time today and your your generosity in sharing a whole lot of insights. It's It's been really interesting. No problem. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Katie Talks podcast, where we explore the intersection between leadership, culture and mental health. I'm always keen for feedback, Please leave us a review so that other people can help find our awesome content. You can find me at Katie Bennett Stenton on LinkedIn or email me at katie at bennettstenton.com.